I want to read to you, and, and I pray, when I pray, I, I pray, I ask the Lord, I said, Lord, I want, I want to preach something that will help a church. Praise God. I'm not interested in having a name for preaching a, uh, some kind of a message. Boy, that's a, I've never heard that preach. I'm not interested in that. Praise God. I'm interested in helping the church. And, and there's never a time in our life, I've never woke up a day that I didn't need help. I need the Lord to help me in some way, somehow. And sometimes our help will, will vary from one day to, to another. We need help here. We need help over here. We need it in this area, whatever. But we need help. And in John chapter 8, we want to just read, uh, starting at verse 38. This is Jesus is talking. He said, I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Uh, ye do the deeds of your father. They say, Said unto, they said to him, we, we be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, if, you were your, if God were your Father, I want you to listen here. He's, he's, he's contradicting what they're saying. I mean, uh, he, he's getting ready to tell these people some things here. And uh, he's leading up to a point. He said, if, you, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word? Ye, now listen here, here's strong words. He tells his people that are testifying, I want you to get the picture here. He's, he's telling somebody face to face. They're saying we love God and God's our father and all this. And, but he's getting ready to bust their bubble. They said that they loved God, but they hated him. They said that uh, uh, they loved life, but they wanted to. These are pretty strong accusation, wasn't it? You're of your father, the devil. Now, if you'd tell somebody that today, they'd, they'd probably blow up. It'd be, it'd be a sight to see what somebody would, would get up and do or say and what kind of a name that we would have for telling somebody, ye are of your father, the devil. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. Believe it or not, there is people in church houses that God is not their father. Amen? Now, I don't assume that's here tonight. Don't, don't take me wrong. But somewhere, at some point or another, every church has had somebody that proclaimed to be of the father, but they hated God's children, just like they hated Jesus. And Jesus said to that of people, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you'll do. He goes on and gives a description about the devil. 
He said he was a murderer from the beginning and bode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now, if, if the devil ever says anything and it seems like the truth, all he's doing is building a foundation to tell a lie. That's all he's doing. Tell enough of something to convince somebody of a lie. And so he goes on to say that there's no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Amen. And so you've heard these scriptures from years gone by and days gone by and many things. But, but I'd like for us to visualize he is standing in a group of people somewhat outnumbered. Right? He's outnumbered. They're wanting to do everything they can against him but say that they love God. I'm going to tell you what, bitter water and sweet water does not come forth out of the same fountain. Amen? You can't cuss one minute and love God the next minute. You can't hate one and love another. Praise God. The Bible said to even love your what? Your enemies. Praise God. He even went so far to say to do good for evil. Did he not? Praise God. But the devil here, it says that he is a liar and he is the father of lies. I'm like, they talk about, I've heard it said many, many times, illustrated. And you know, there is professional liars in the world today. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, they can tell it to where. And I told somebody one day, not too long ago, I said, I can understand. I don't think lying at any point in life is justified. But some things are, seem like they do have a reason to lie if they're in trouble and they're trying to get out of trouble. They'll lie about it. Amen? They will lie on another person to make it look good on them sometimes. So they're motivated to tell a lie. But there are some people that lie, amen, just to be a lion. They're not motivated. They're not, uh, they don't have, they're not trying to get out of trouble. They're not trying, they just want to tell one of the biggest lies that could ever be told. You know somebody that way. You've worked with them on the job. You've seen them around. You've had them to uh, tell big, big, uh, uh, a fib is a lie. Amen. It's just a lie. But I want to preach tonight on just a little thought, simple thing. Don't believe him. Don't believe him. Just don't believe him. Praise God. And don't you be surprised tonight, and you already have been, but how many tonight knows for sure the devil's lied to you before? Maybe recently. He's got many ways. He's been experienced. When you're the father of something, that means you're the origin. You're the originator. God never lied. But the first lie that was ever told was told by the father of lies. And that was the devil. 
Amen. I've I done a little bit of research, and I don't know how they do all these uh, surveys they do, but according to what I could find, it said by the age of four, 90% of the children have grasped the concept of lying, and it just gets worse from there. When your little ones are small, they may not realize, but how many knows they'll tell a fib? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they get pretty good at it. Some of them do. Amen. They'll lie. Amen. Sometimes they may not understand uh, uh, all, all about it, but to avoid something, they'll, they'll lie about it. How bad is it? In 2002, there was a, a study made by the University of Massachusetts and the people they surveyed, they found among the groups that they surveyed, 60% of adults can't have a 10-minute conversation without lying, without lying at least once. 60% of the population that they surveyed, Brother Howard, admitted they lie at least once every 10 minutes in a conversation. You know what? You know how? You know what? I got the best feeling about that. Man, there's something just flooded my soul. Praise God. There's something about made me want to shout. You know why? Because I fall into that 40% group. <laughs> Praise God. I ain't in that 60% group that every 10 minutes in a conversation that I got a lie or I tell a lie. I don't have no reason to lie. Praise God. I'm not of the devil. Praise God. I am of another, praise God. I am of one that is called the truth. And you are too. Amen. We find in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1 through 4, we'll just sort of go through it here a little bit. But we find here that it was talking about the, the, the devil and about Jesus Christ and the child be born and be, come into the world. And it said in verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. We know this was talking about Jesus Christ, praise God. And that third part of the stars was nothing but the angels. He drew a third part of the angels. You know how he, uh, how he got the angels to follow them? He lied to them. Amen. He lied to them. Praise God. I don't know the population of the heaven and of the angelic beings at that time, but undoubtedly there was a third part of them. Remember how much a third of it was? Praise God. But he had lied to them. He had convinced them to follow him, that he could stir up a rebellion, that he could overcome God and overcome the Son of God, overcome the Spirit of God. And he caused those angels to, uh, angels can think. Sometimes we, we, we look at angels and we think about robotic things. Robotics, for the most part, robots don't have a mind. They're programmed to do certain things. They don't have a free will, but angelic beings have a free will. And one-third of them believe whatever lie the devil told them. I don't know what he promised them, but he undoubtedly had to promise them something. He had to tell them something so convincing 
that they were willing to follow him and create a rebellion in heaven. So much that God cast them out with him to the earth. Praise God. We look in Revelation chapter 12 again, verse 7 and 9. And there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Praise God. What did he do? They just didn't have a fuss. The Bible said that there was a war went on in heaven. Angels fought against other angels. The devil fought against other angels. But I'm going to tell you what, when the battle was over, there was God had enough power. His angels conquered the angels of Satan, those that he had lied to, and cast them out. He'd have been a lot better off those angels had never believed him. Amen. Whatever he told them. But he cast them out into the earth. Amen. And so he would convince them on and on to create war. We find in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. They that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Again, the devil's going to fight against the uh, angels of God. Praise God. Another battle's going to happen, Brother Howard, toward the end of this thing. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. You can't believe nothing the devil tells you. Amen. The Bible said, and the truth's not in him. Praise God. Amen. In, Revela in Genesis we find, and you know this old story in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. He, he's talking to, uh, here to uh, God's song, said, Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant in the sight for good and for food, and the tree of life is in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge and of good and evil. God put them there in this garden, and he'd given them a command you can eat of everything, but that uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't you take of it. But we go on down here in Genesis chapter 3, starting at ver verse 1. It says, the serpent, meaning the devil, he was subtle, he was clever, he was conniving, he was convincing. Uh, I mean, he, he could tell a lie and smile all the time he's telling. Praise God. He began to have a conversation with the woman. Amen. He talked to her. He won't know why she couldn't eat of every tree. She goes on to tell him, we can eat of all of this, but, of, uh, uh, but this one we can't eat of. But said, if we eat of this, God said, the very day that I eat of this, I'm going to die. And that, it must have been appealing. And the devil began to, up until the devil started talking to her, she had no reason to ever desire to eat of that tree. Everything she needed was right there. But for some reason, he convinced her, if you're God lying to you, you can eat of it, and you're not going to die. In other words, the devil told her, it ain't going to hurt you. How many people tonight has the devil told people, it won't hurt you? Go ahead. Just go ahead. It won't hurt you. Praise God. Oh, it, it don't make any difference. It, it don't have nothing to do with it. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight, sometimes we need to look at the source who's talking to us. Amen. 
I'm going to tell you what. God does not contradict his commandments nor his word. I'm preaching on tonight. Don't believe him. You don't have to believe him. There has been people that have been involved in church, great Christians, great men and women of God, but they fell by the wayside because they started out believing one lie of a devil. And usually if we believe one, it won't be long till we believe two. We believe two, we'll believe three. Amen. For the person that would lie, and I'm talking mainly about the devil tonight, but for the person that lies, it finally gets to where it's easy for them to lie. They don't even have to ponder on it or think about it. It's almost like automatic. Praise God. I know of a few people, if they could write fiction books, they could write some good ones. If they could get all of that geared in a direction, man, I'm telling you what, it just, it just comes off just like that. I mean on and on and on. You know somebody in that category. But you know tonight that the devil has lied to the church. And I'm talking about when I say the church, I'm talking about the people. He's lied to the congregation. He's lied to the saints. He's lied to the Sunday school teachers. He's lied to the deacons. He's lied to the trustees. He's lied to the pastor. He's lied to everybody that's involved in the work of God tried to convince them of a lie to hinder the work of God. One of the things tonight I've heard people get up and testify and they're honest. They, they meant it and, and they were just being very humble. They would say, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm, I'm, I'm not a singer, and I'm not. They go down the list of all the things they're not, and they say, and I really can't do anything. You know why they say that? Devil's convinced them they can't do nothing. He's lied to them. I want to ask you tonight the things that I just mentioned, is that all that there is to do in church? Huh? Praise God. There's a whole lot more to do in the house of God. You don't have to ever sing a song, preach a message, teach a lesson, play an instrument, do anything, but still be important to God. But the devil wants to convince you because there's something that you can do. There's something he wants you to do. There's something that he'll bring his anointing up on you to do if we'll just not listen to the devil. Amen. There's people tonight that completely got out of the house of God simply because the devil said, you're not important to the church. That's right. Amen. Praise God. I, I don't reckon it's anything on my back or I've not seen on nobody else's that tells me how much I'm worth to God. Now, I, I can carry a... a uh, currency in my pocket and I can pull out a dollar or five dollars ten dollar whatever twenty dollar bill and that tells me Gerald how much that's worth amen it's worth twenty dollars that's what it's worth but tonight we cannot just look at somebody and tell how much they're valued in the sight of God 
Praise God. And sometimes uh, there's times you wanted to testify in church. Get up, but the devil's told you, well, there ain't nobody wants to listen to you. You ain't got nothing to say. And if we listen, that he's right. We ain't going to have nothing to say because he's going to take our testimony away from us. He'll take our song away from us. He'll take whatever it is away from us, Brother Howard, if we listen to the devil. There's been times, now we practice, uh, Brother Jason, we practice walking around the altar a lot. We ain't got that rope down nowhere, but when the people get feeling the power of God, they'll get to walking around this altar, won't they? They get to moving. Amen. I know that would be a, out, of, out of order in some places, but it's in order here. You know, what, what they do in Texas, it's legal. And we're just like we're in Texas here tonight. So it's legal here in Texas to walk around the altar. Praise God. But you know what? There's been times there's people felt like walking around the altar doing something in the house of God, but they listened to that voice of a devil and hindered them from doing it. There's been times they'd like to squall out and say, Glory to God! Amen! The devil tells them all you're trying to do is show off. That's one of his lies. Amen. No, if he can lie to us, keep us from worshiping God in liberty and in freedom. Praise God. You know, for some reason, tonight, we've all been guilty of this. We have felt more liberty somewhere else in the world doing some other things than we do in the house of God. You know what I'm saying on that? What I'm talking about, I'm not talking about sinful things. But we feel, we feel more freedom to open up and talk and say and do the things than we do in the house of God. You know why? Because we listen to the devil. He impresses us to hold our seat, sit down, don't stand up, don't clap your hands, don't stomp your feet, don't lift your hands and worship God. You know, tonight, this ought to be one of the most liberal places that we have liberty in this whole world is there in the house of God. But because we listen to the devil, Brother Howard, there's been many a service that somebody held that match to start the fire in that service. They had just obeyed God and stepped out. They could have interrupted the preacher, me, or anybody else. That hey, God just wanted me to testify right now. Listen, they got, could have got to testifying, and God got to moving on them and done more than the preacher could have done in two hours worth of work of preaching. Because they would listen to the voice of God, and the Spirit of God would no doubt come up on them and shout them and bless them, and the whole church would get blessed. Amen. How many times has the devil told somebody, and I've heard them testify, and they mean good, they're not, they're not being bad. I've heard them very humble, very, very, just very, very, very nice people. Well, I guess I'm the least here. <laughs> Praise God. Could I tell you one thing? Every child of God's great. 
There ain't no such thing as the least here. Well, Harold, you're great. Daryl, Lou, Karen, Emily, Robert, everybody over here. Everybody here is great tonight. You're great people. Praise God. There ain't nobody any greater than the other. Praise God. So we don't need to listen to that devil. Tell the church, oh, you're the least here. and You can't do anything. Praise God. Can everybody here tonight talk? Everybody got a voice. Now, there are no some people. Hey. But everybody here has got one. Okay? We, we got much in common. Could everybody say, Glory to God! Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Praise God. Don't tell me, devil, that God's people has to be quiet. They can praise God. They can lift their hands. They can worship. They can do whatever needs to be done. Don't start lying to me, devil. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're right at the threshold of 2019. Do you know this could be the year that this church house, this group of people right here tonight in this church could be one that be more spiritual than we've ever been in their life if we just don't listen to the devil. There could be, there's been a lot of shouting going on over here in, in Buckeye Hollow Church over the years. But this could be the year that there's more shouting goes on. This could be the year there's more people get saved. This could be the year that more people get healed. This could be the year that more people get help. Just if, make sure we don't listen to the devil. He'll lie to you and to me. Amen. You know, the devil has lied to people that loved each other, and the devil would convince them, oh, so-and-so don't like you. Huh? You better believe it. He'll lie. Man, he'll lie. Don't ask y'all something tonight. Do you think God's going to tell you that somebody don't like you? Maybe they don't. But the only reason he's doing it is to stir up trouble. God ain't going to stir up trouble like that. Praise God. Amen. So don't believe him. We look down here. In Numbers chapter 16, verse 41 through 50. I'll not take time to read it all, but you can. Here was a bunch of people murmured against Moses and Aaron and, and accusing Moses of a lot of things he wasn't guilty of. And uh, he, uh, God says, hey, get yourself up from among them people. I'm going to destroy them. And uh, Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. Moses says to Aaron in verse 46, says, take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on the incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord and the plague is begun. And so here was a plague because of the murmuring and complaining and all the things. And uh, Moses and Aaron uh, falls on their face and God tells Moses what to tell Aaron to do. He goes and takes that censer and he runs with that fire uh, there. And it says here that he, uh, the plague had begun and he put incense on. He made atonement for the people. And Aaron stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 besides them that died about the matter of Korah. 
in just a moment's time, 14,000 people. Death was falling all around them. But there was a fellow there. All he did was listen. He did a little simple thing. He put incense and, and, and a torch, and he went and began to ignite the altar. And when the, that sweet-smelling Savior went up to God, he made atonement. He got a forgiveness of their sin, and the plague was stayed. I want to tell you tonight, every prayer you pray for somebody is important. Amen. Devil may have told you, stop praying. He may have told you you don't have to go to church. He may have told you a bunch of things. But I'm going to tell you tonight, you keep on doing what you need to do because it may be your prayer. It may be somebody watching you, praise God, that keeps them from dying lost and going to hell. So Aaron stood between the dead and the living. I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty important job, ain't it? Amen. Stand between the dead and the living. Amen. How many has got prayer requests, family members or people that's on your prayer list that you pray for on a regular basis? Keep on a praying. I've had the devil come to me, and I'm not exempt. Hey, uh, I don't have to listen to him. I don't have to obey him, but I can't stop him from talking to me. Can we? He says resist him. That means he'll be there. You can't resist something unless it's present. Right? You got to resist it. I've had him to tell me, you might as well. I've told Carol once or twice. Felt bad about it after I told her. You know. We, we, try to, we try to, and I don't say this for name, we try to come up here to this church or up on another church lot. Every day, every day, sunshine, rain, snow, whatever it is, uh, and pray certain requests. And one of my requests for my boys, God save my boys. God save my boys. And there's been times i prayed, and something like the more I prayed, worse to God. Amen. And when he gets a sh like that, and I would think we'd right on the brinks of, of having a breakthrough, and we'd have a, we'd have a, a Seemed like we'd slide back somewhere. Seemed like things got a little worse. And the devil would come and take an opportunity to me and say, why don't you just quit praying for me? Ain't going to never get saved. Going to die lost, go to hell. Uh, gone too far. And I'd hear that voice. And I never have come to the place I wanted to quit praying for him. But there's been times I thought, Maybe he was right. Maybe they'll never get saved. Then there comes a, a greater voice, stronger than that voice, will tell me, that's the devil talking to you. Don't listen to him. Don't you believe him? And you know what I do? I go back to praying just like I've been praying all them years now because one day I feel like it's going to happen. One day I feel like it's going to take place. And so don't listen to the devil. Lies destroy lies, don't they? Lies destroy lives. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, no man has a good enough memory to be a successful liar. If he lies a whole lot, he forgets what he lied about. He can't remember all the lies he told. He didn't like to tell them one. 
Mark Twain said this, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Think about that. Is that right? You can tell the truth a hundred years from now if you're alive and your mind's good. But a man that's a liar, it's hard for him to remember what he said about that. He can't go into detail again, Brother Howard, just exactly the way it was. There was another one said, one man said this. He told a man, he said, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on I can't believe you. He said, the lie didn't bother me. What hurts me more, I don't know if I ever be able to believe you again because of that lie. Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight. There's only one thing that I know that is stronger than a lie, and that's the truth. John 8 and 31, he said, and Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Tonight, church, this upcoming year, don't believe nothing the devil says. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. And the truth's not in him. Amen. And so when we, we come to the house of God, we're at home, wherever we're at, whenever we hear a voice that sounds anything contrary to God, the devil is full of deception. He's very subtle. He's clever. And he's got all of those things. He can even be sweet for a while, just long enough to get us to believe a lie. But when he comes by, and if it don't match up with God, consider it the source of that. It's the devil.